Yeah, I mean, I, I've always kind of been skeptical of Franklin, Wilson, yeah, brands that are doing spalling. other ball. <laughs> yeah, like if you make a baseball glove and a pickleball, I'm probably going to go towards a more specific pickleball company. And with that, we welcome you into episode three of the Stack Podcast, presented by Performance Pickleball in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Joe Hutzler. He's John Laser. It is a beautiful fall day here in Richmond as we record. Uh, we are excited about what we've got to talk about today on the podcast, including a conversation with uh, someone from Yola. Uh, for those of you that still think it's Jula, it's not called that. It's Yola. Uh, just to put that out there. Uh, but we'll, we'll reveal the name and all that wonderful stuff here in a moment when we get to our line call, which is our interview portion of the show. But, John, let's begin with the skinny. Let's talk about uh, some topics, both nationally and locally, that uh, typically with pickleball, it actually seems like national conversations are local conversations. And the first one we're going to talk about uh, is something that you labeled as the ball wars, pickleballs themselves that you play with. Um, w- first of all, let's begin with the amount of options out there. I mean, that alone can confuse, especially new players, the amount of, of brands on Pickleball Central. There's 12 different brands. and doesn't even include some that I bought before. So bring, it, bring me back down to earth a little bit into why you want to talk about this subject. Well, you're right, because it's a, a national topic, and also in pickleball, it's, of course, part of everybody chasing who's been the leaders of the pack and trying to create a better wheel, so to speak. And for us at Performance Pickleball, it is, of course, about selecting which ball that we want to use as our instructional ball, our clinic ball, and then, of course, our competition ball. And that may not be the same thing. In fact, it probably won't be, but I use the golf analogy a lot because pickleball in many ways I think is mirroring the development in the R&D, research and development in golf from decades ago. And in that space, of course, the golf ball went through a number of different evolutions and Titleist emerged at some point about 40 years ago as the industry standard where almost all of the top-level professionals were playing Titleist. And then it became the Balata ball, which was very soft and would break or cut very easily but provided a lot more spin and control and of course those advancements have continued to now where it's the Pro V1 and Pro V1X and Titleist has remained as the industry standard bearer despite the fact that TaylorMade and Callaway and Nike even at some point were chasing with their R&D departments and that's what you're seeing in pickleball right now is there have been over the last handful of years really two options and high level players will only want to play in competition with the DuraFast 40 from Onyx, which comes in a variety of colors, so you even go beyond that, and they only want to play with the yellow ball because it plays faster, and it's that really professional caliber ball. However, it's also probably the least durable and cracks, Mm -hmm. particularly in cold weather, quite a bit. And then you have the Franklin X40, which has been the U.S. Open ball and the ball that is preferred generally by older players and players that want to play a slower game because it's softer and doesn't play nearly as fast. So what you're seeing now 
is all of the different pickleball companies trying to recreate that ball. They want the playability and the speed of the Dura. They want the durability of some of the other balls that are made of harder plastic. Uh, and over the course of the last year, just since I've been buying and have been selecting balls for tournaments and events and all of those different things, what you're getting is a lot of, uh, you know, being able to create one but not the other. And you see some frustration, I think. You know, you've seen a lot of marketing, of course, where this plays like a Dura, but it won't crack. Uh, and all those different things. And why I'm excited to talk with Yola today uh, is because they're about to release a ball that we'll be testing here at Performance that we feel, and I know they feel, and we'll let our guests tell us all about that, uh, has achieved that. So if that is in fact the case, then that changes the conversation. But, you know, as with everything, players are going to want to test it themselves and see it and see how it plays. And much like our conversation of court surfacing last week with Wes Baum, that's what you're trying to create is that mm -hmm. that same feel but better technology and it's really interesting to me to see all of these companies kind of race against each other to create and you see it in the paddle space you see it in the ball space the surface space as we've discussed and it makes it really exciting it's good for the players because when the companies have to try to get better uh, everyone benefits right well you told me something before we even got on air that even the color can make a difference to a ball. Um, do you know why that is? Because I wouldn't even have thought about it. I would pick a ball color based on what it's easiest for me to see or maybe my surroundings if I'm playing indoors versus outdoors. But there's actually a, uh, a playable difference in the color? There definitely is as it pertains to the DuraFast 40 when you look at the yellow ball versus the neon green and the pink, the yellow ball definitely plays the fastest. I think two of the problems with it are that it cracks the easiest, and once you've used it a little bit and it hasn't cracked, it almost becomes a white-type ball where it's very difficult to see. Hmm. I personally prefer the neon green DuraFast 40. That's what we've used for our tournaments. High-level players, which I am not, but high-level players will tell you it doesn't play quite as fast. It's a little bit in between. Uh, that yellow Dura and the X40 with the Franklin uh, Core has been a very durable ball, but is almost harder and, and doesn't have that control and that feel like some of the other ones so and then you have the pink duro which you know can you can start a, con <laughs> a conflict with anybody at your pickleball park as <laughs> yes, to whether or not you should be using yeah. that ball at all and and honestly i haven't used the pink duro but uh big difference between the yellow and, and the neon green x40 for the most part i believe plays about the same again a little softer a little slower mm -hmm. but a little more a little more durable um like i say i it's just a matter of getting used to back and forth and you'll see that when you play at parks I mean, you go from game to game recreationally you might play one game with a dur and you might play the next with an x40 and yeah. that's, that's sometimes difficult um because it will affect particularly your drop shots and your net game um with your dinks so again it's just going to continue over the next few months and years is this is going to continue until someone comes up with that ball and it might be onyx themselves that comes out True. and says hey we we have enhanced the dura which they really yeah. haven't been forced to do yet because like i say no one's bested them so we're still playing with dura we'll definitely have some dura um as part of performance pickleball uh, up until such time as there's a better product which again this this yola ball promises to be well <clears throat> You just talked about performance. Uh, for those that are listening that are interested in memberships, you can still get those uh, at ppbrva.com. Uh, if you are a member, ball-wise, uh, can they bring in their own, or, or are you going to have different options at the shop if they need to buy some? 
Oh, yes, Joe. We will have <laughs> plenty of options for you to purchase. Yeah, it, you know, much like we when we were looking at surfacing, it's which ball do you want to play with? And all the balls that I just mentioned are outdoor balls. The indoor ball has pretty much become obsolete unless you're continuing to play on hardwood floors right. or non-permanent courts, temporary courts on gym floors or urethane floors or things like that. So we're not going to be using any indoor balls, despite the fact that we're primarily opening as an indoor facility. It'll all be outdoor balls. Absolutely. You can bring and play with whatever you want. Uh, we will supply balls for clinics and lessons and tournaments and leagues but for rec play yeah absolutely bring and play with what you want to your next question absolutely uh we have chosen to non go not go exclusive with any particular uh company we will have more product from some than the others and that's based upon our preference and what we think people want to have but we are striving to be the preeminent pro shop in the region as well and to me that means you have to have the, the greatest variety and that will definitely trickle down to the ball we'll yeah. have not all of them because there's seemingly 40 that you can choose from now but all of the ones that you have been playing with and some of the new technology will definitely have you can purchase them one ball at a time or packs or you know however they're available but we'll have all those options for sure. good news yes especially for folks like me who need to have uh different options to play with because i need something else to blame for my poor play other than myself so the more balls that are being used in rec play uh the more i can use them as a, a crutch for oh, just having a rough start to this match. Sorry, guys, it's a new ball. Uh, well, let's move on. Speaking of, of play, um, you sent me a note about balancing high-level play and older age. Um, what does that pertain to specifically to performance? Is this some type of? Is this a part of the a mission uh, for a performance? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's exactly what you want to create when you create uh, a pickleball community is the blend and the maximization of your schedule between people's schedules. And you only have to go to a public park to see how that will skew older in the mm. morning and younger at night because, of course, the younger players are still working, whereas in the morning you'll have a lot of retirees and or people that have a schedule, uh, comfortable or a more flexible schedule, I should say, right. because they've earned that over the course of time. But you want those players to play against each other and blend together into uh, one community. So that's a challenge for Ty and Wynn, myself, Christina Shiflett, who will be our core pickleball staff, is to ideally build that schedule where it won't be the same every day, but as it flows throughout the course of the week, you have those opportunities where the morning is the predominantly those leagues that are tailored that way and on throughout the course of the day. Um, but the reason I put that topic is also that there is, you know, your professional level play, and that's not what I necessarily mean high level play. I what I really enjoy is when you get together your four or five plus players, you know, age doesn't necessarily matter too much at that point. It's, you know, you can play or not, particularly if you still have that mobility at that age. And you know, I sit here and I'm just like, holy cow, when did I become 44 years old? And I, you know, I can feel it. I'm still relatively mobile, but not like I used to be right. 10, 15 years ago. Right. I was going to say 10. And then I'm like, no, wait, I wasn't that mobile 10 years ago either. <laughs> um, and after a course of games, I can feel that as well. But at the same time, you do feel like you still have that athleticism to compete. So it's creating 
those opportunities, whether it be leagues that are non-age specific or are age specific. And it's just this entire spectrum of opportunities of what you can create and how we want to create that. And that's why we're going to be a very feedback centric organization, particularly at the beginning where I met with Tyen this morning about rolling out here are some of the things that we're capable of doing right off the bat in january let's see what our players matriculate to um, and then just continue to build off that and that is also what we're doing when it comes to employment you know, i had a yeah. lady call me yesterday um, and she said i would like to work at performance pickleball but i'm really i'm using her words not mine she said i'm really really old and i said that's great uh, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like, that's what yeah. we want we want the representation of all generations here at performance pickleball all the way down to having junior instructors that will teach just children mm-hmm. um, all the way up to you know as old as that may be i love that and i think that as we've created kitchen rva in our events and, and all those different things they need to be inviting f- for that for that high level play whether it be senior level play or not um and i don't want to make it sound like it's difficult it's not difficult it's just complex and and i think we have the right staff uh in place that understands that starting with tyen to make that happen yeah no question about that and i think the beauty of it too is is people recognize that you're willing to adjust to a sport who with what we talked about last week on the podcast that's always changing there's always people it's still new enough and growing but also growing fast enough that uh, adjustments will need to be made on how tournaments are structured or having those options for different age groups and, and uh, skill level. Uh, so I think a lot of people, myself included, are very happy to hear that the doors won't open December 1st. This is the plan and it's never going to change and, and you just have to adhere to whatever uh, we're doing here. So that's that's very uh, comforting in a way for a lot of people and, and why people are wanting to get involved uh, with performance and, and why this should be uh, successful and, and something that people don't just uh, think is a flash in the pan. This thing is going to work. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's just business in general, right? Mm-hmm. The old should adage, be. the customer's always right. <laughs> that's absolutely not the case at performance. Don't think that it will be. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, th- there's going to be some aspects of this that are going to change and people, including myself, don't necessarily like change all that much. So there are going to be some things that are different in terms of how play is scheduled and, you know, what that play increment will be. And I think that there will be a period of adjustment for sure. And some of those things we will stick to because we've seen them work other places. And we know that ultimately it will be a, wow, I didn't, we didn't have that and I didn't like it at first, but now I couldn't live without it situation. There are going to be some other things that we try that will be wrong and we'll listen to that feedback quickly. And, you know, we're never going to be perfect. Nobody is, nothing is, but we're going to strive for that. And that's what I've told our instructional staff and everybody else. I don't expect perfection, but I do expect the striving for that. Yeah. And when you bring in that pessimism that will not get there, then you won't be here. Um, and I know that sounds a little bit harsh, but that's the mentality that I think you have to take to, to create something truly special. So, mm-hmm. you know, that will, again, always be our goal. That will always be the assumption of those that are representing our brand and, and our logo. Um, and I do think it, it is something that 
it's crowdsourced. That's what we've done with our tournaments. You know, what would you like to see? What would you like to have as a player? And we put in what we can and what's, you know, everyone would like to have actual gold medals, but you know, it's not financially <laughs> feasible course. unless they bring a sponsor attached to right. it. So, um, you know, like anything, you, you take that you take that feedback and that knowledge, and that goes back again to uh, some of the, the generations that were before me um, and some of the younger generations now. They have different knowledge and different things that can all be incorporated and it's a lot of fun um but it, it is a, a, certainly a lot of uh, work too no question about it hey and, and you mentioned uh instructors you mentioned christina specifically want to give her a shout out uh congrats yeah she kicked some ass this she, yes she and did she running the tournament with ty in too at the the maryland open uh a gold and a bronze medal for christina shiflett uh, you would know that if you follow us on social media, PPBRVA. Uh, but even if you do or didn't, make sure if you do see Christina, you give her your congratulations uh, in a great way to, to represent performance elsewhere. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge uh, plus for uh, those of us here as well. And let's move on to our last bit of the skinny here. We're talking about rally scoring. Um this is something that has had people confused at times, divided at times, uh, where it can work in pickleball. We know Major League Pickleball does this. This is their way of, of scoring all of their matches. Uh, they seem to be very uh, gung-ho about it and keeping it. But then, of course, the majority of tournaments, people were playing uh, the traditional pickleball scoring which is the same traditional pickleball scoring that people confuse and get lost in when they're playing and you forget the score. And, you know, so some people see the rally scoring as an easier way to keep score. I don't think you take that approach. I think you're in favor of traditional. No, I'm, I, I think that it depends on the level of play. I, I think okay. it works at the high level play and with professional play. And the reason that I think that is because as people know, in pickleball, the, team that has the advantage unlike tennis is not the serving team it's the Correct. return team and that's because the hardest skills that i believe and some people may have no trouble with this whatsoever to master is the drop shots and your dinking mm -hmm. and when you are at the professional level they're all obviously masters at the third shot drop or drive or whatever the case may be and that neutralizes some of that advantage all those points are going to eventually get to the same place so i I think with that with that advantage neutralized for the return team, you can play rally scoring. I don't love it. It's just like speeding up volleyball when they've done that because, you know, we all have attention deficit disorder and all those things <laughs> now, myself included, That's and we want to get points on the board, and I get that. But I don't like it at all for lower-level play because when you have rally scoring and you can score when you're on the serve, it doesn't facilitate the need to develop those shots to actual play pickleball ah, strategy because the variance of playing levels is – that dividing area, I should say, is the ability to – to have that strategic dinking game and also to be able to hit those third shot drops. And by the way, I can't do it on command. You know, I'm very inconsistent when it comes to that. And which is why I, I wouldn't want to play rally scoring, even though it may benefit me to be able to score on my serve um, and take away some of that advantage. So again, I think like with everything, it, some places it works, some places it is, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be divisive, which in times it seems to be but uh that's my thought on it i'm certain every other people have similar thoughts and some people will probably disagree but but i think that's the biggest advantage that you take away with it is the need to hit those shots so you do see the, the point that some people make about it being more fair though as far as 
people not being able to go on run, runs of just winning on serve. Uh, Life's on not fair. Serves. Well, and yeah, this is competition. If you're going to keep score, then it's not fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do <laughs> agree sorry, with that. No, like, you're right. You're right. I, I do agree with that. I just, I know that some people think of it that way. Also, the shorter, you're right. You know, people, oh, okay, this will be faster if we, if we go this route as opposed to uh, the normal, you know, whatever, traditional, whatever you want to call it, pickleball scoring. I, I would, regardless of my affiliation with performance and being friends with the man across from me, I do agree with him. I do agree that it's also something that makes uh the 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 scoring it's something that keeps pickleball unique and the, you know some people oh, i gotta explain this again to these new people and how it works yeah but that's also how it separates itself from other sports and and people will pick it up we all did we all figured it out at some point and so i don't think that should be a deterrent for people and just say well everybody after every rally or every volley or whatever it might be there's going to be a point scored you know keep it traditional to pickleball so that it stays pickleball and doesn't turn into just an offshoot of another sport when i was seven years old i managed to learn deuce add in add out all those different things <laughs> yeah. love 30 uh somewhere along the line someone said why can't it be one nothing two nothing three nothing four nothing <laughs> in game and i'm that's like i don't know but that's what yes. it is so i yes. get it but yeah i think we can learn um traditional scoring and then if you don't like that and you want to branch out to do rally scoring you do you uh just like skinny singles and server moves and all mm -hmm. those different things it's kind of up to the player what level of knowledge you want to gain when it comes to the game and like i say uh what is good for peter might not be good for paul <laughs> in, in these <laughs> right. instances but um i think when it comes to tournament play like for example i don't foresee any of our traditional tournaments ever using rally scoring whereas if we do go to an mlp style format for a tournament then we definitely look at it yeah. yeah, I think that's common sense is to have an open mind and to to research it in the field and see how it goes, which is what pickleball is doing. And I think that's what they're finding. Like it doesn't make a huge difference in terms of competitive advantage when you're talking about the best players in the world. But if you did it in a 3-0 tournament, I think you would see a great level of variance as to who was winning. I would agree with that, too, because there are tournament situations at the lower levels especially where strategy comes into play and if rally scoring there there's less strategy uh when it comes to that and so you can find an advantage with pickleball mentally over the skill physical part uh, as opposed to other sports which is another reason why people love to get into it because it's a mental exercise as well well, by the way, if you're ever in a 3-0 tournament and your opponent is stacking, uh, then they are in the wrong bracket. <laughs> They're sandbagging. Yes, yes, exactly. That's how you identify a sandbagger. That's, yes, right there, folks. <laughs> uh, it, I'm it, kidding. It, it wouldn't take well, long. Well, not really. <laughs> not really, but you know, we're towing the line here uh, on the stack, uh, if you will. Uh, well, that is it for the skinny. Uh, it was a little bit more than a traditional skinny sized opening segment, but nevertheless, we are moving on to our line call. And this week we're talking to Eric white from Yola. John's going to give you the background and introduce the man of the hour here right now. Settle in, relax. Give me a call. All right, 
right, it is line call time here on the stack, and we bring in an old friend, which sounds odd, to Performance Pickleball, which has not opened yet, but he has been a friend of us for a while. He's the National Partnership Coordinator with Team Yola, and he joins us now on the stack. And Eric, as we say, thank you so much for your time, man, not only today, but in this ramp up to Performance Pickleball's opening in just a few weeks. Uh, Joe and I got this going today talking about the, the ball. I called it the ball wars. Maybe wars isn't the right term for it, but the ball race, you know, everyone's been racing as companies to create the, the ball that is the superior ball that high level players want to play. Uh, and talking to you, Yola feels like that you've gotten there and that ball is about to drop. If we could start there, just talk about what you guys have created and how excited you are for it. Yeah, we're super, super excited. Um, it's going to be dropping uh, October 24th. And and like I said, we've uh, we fed the community uh, plenty of prototype balls. And matter of fact, when we were in, um, in Orlando, uh, seven days, 12 hours a day, broke five balls. We brought 450 to the event and we came home with zero because everybody stole them. That's how much they liked them. <laughs> so uh, we got great feedback from everyone. Um, so we can't wait to get it into every pickleball facility. Um, now, chipping away at some of the big tournaments is tough only because they, they've signed long-term contracts with balls. Um, like I believe the U.S. Open is with Franklin for still another two or three more years. Mm -hmm. um, so it's tough to kind of break into that ball space, but but we're pretty we're pretty happy with the product that we have. And so we're going to go the route of going, you know, like your club and, you know, the, the tons and tons of clubs. We're going to try and be the official ball in a lot of the uh, indoor spaces uh, opening up. So but, yeah, we feel like we've got a great ball. Um, it's a very, very solid ball. Doesn't crack. And it rarely warps, which is very rare because there's some other brands out there. I don't need to name any names. Um, if you buy a dozen of their balls, two or three of them are warped before you even hit one. Um, and then the other ones are going to crack very soon. So, so yeah, I, I, we're super excited about the ball. Um, it's, it's a space that we didn't know if we were going to get in because it's tough. I mean, there's so many different balls out there. But, yeah, we're excited. We feel like we, we've got a really, really awesome product. So we're, we're just super, super stoked to release it on the 24th. It's going to be called the Helios. Um, Ben's into, uh, uh, oh God, I can't even remember what that's called. You know, all of it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> he, loves it. he loves it. So, so, uh, so yeah, another, another, uh, mythology name, the Helios. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty like cool. That. I like how the the measure of success is that all your balls were stolen as well. I like that that's um, it, it was it, it was the greatest form of flattery. Honestly. <laughs> like, like I remember early in the week, I would be able to crawl into the bleachers and grab a few, and then by the end of the week, they were all gone. So yeah, I love it. I didn't have any hiding spaces. There was nothing. So yeah, our ball got chewed up pretty good, but everybody loved it. They took it back and they've been given feedback and yeah, not a lot of breaks. And, um, and we use it in um, the Yola Maryland open this weekend and they played three days, 10 to 12 hours a day. I think there was a eh, three, four, 500 people playing. Um, I don't think they broke many under, under one handful. Uh, so the ball is impressive if you ask me, it's slightly, slightly, it feels slightly heavier when you hit it than a Dura. Um, but like I said, with that, that heaviness and that hardness, you would think it would break more, but it seems to be holding up very well. 
So well, we're excited. Our, our director of community relations, Christina Shiflett, who's also one of our teaching pros, won that mixed division with that ball. So I know she liked it at the yeah. Island Open. And our director of pickleball is running that tournament, 600 players. So from everything I heard, it was a smashing success as well. Eric That's White is our guest from Yola. And Eric, you know, like you said, we weren't sure if we we're going to get in that space. And that's how pickleball has been for the last handful of years. You guys have really been on the forefront of that. I'm just curious to get your thoughts. Uh, we see it a little bit from the outside over the last few years. Now a little bit more from the inside as we innovate and create in the facility space. What's that been like as you've kind of raced and evolved with all of these other people in the sport? It's it, it's been it's been crazy um, because Yola came in. You got to remember, I mean, Yola's only been in business in the pickleball business since April 1st, 2022. Um, yeah. That's that's when we came in. I mean, and it feels like we've been here forever because of how much that we've done in that, what, 18, 20 months or whatever it is. Um, but but yeah, breaking into the space is it's definitely it's it's definitely tough. And you got to kind of have big balls to do it because if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Um I think right now there's five, 600 people out there making paddles, the USAPA approved. Um, but Richard comes from table tennis, where Yola's been in table tennis business for over 70 years. Um, so so they came from, uh, you know, worldwide uh, distribution. Um, so that was never going to be a problem. Um, it was building just a great product. And yeah, there's, there's a bunch of stories about Yola and how they got started. Um, but yeah, I was kind of in the middle of, of a lot of that. Um, Richard, the owner, uh, the owner, Richard Lee, uh, I was actually giving, giving him lessons at the local Y. <laughs> Pickleball. So, so he, yeah, he, he came up to me after, after a class and he said, Hey, you know, uh, I own Yola. Um, we're in the table tennis, but we're thinking about, you know, cracking into pickleball and, uh, and I have some prototypes coming soon. And, you know, would you be willing to try them? I said, absolutely. And, um, and our friendship started there and one thing led to another and yeah. So, but Richard, Richard is, is just a tireless worker. And, um, and you can tell he's got, he's got a, a he's got a passion and just an unbelievable business sense. I mean, everything he touches is is really just incredible. And and you know, like to me, you can't teach that. Uh, right. He he sees something, he knows something, um, but he also works his ass off. Um, he's working day and night, and you know, he wants Yola to be number one and and be here for a very very long time. So so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. I think I got a little off track, but. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. That's for. yeah. There's no time limit. It's, yeah, it's we take take you down different roads. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about you just for a moment, uh, just to give people an idea of your background and how you got involved with pickleball to begin with. It seemed like you were doing it or involved with it before Richard uh, showed up into your life. Uh, formerly uh, D three strong St. Mary's College. Uh, That's right. I worked uh, eight years at the University of Lynchburg, Lynchburg College. So yeah. uh, we played the Seahawks in a few sports. So uh, oh, happy yeah. to see that on the resume. But but transitioning from that, you know, we hear this story a good bit uh, from every level, tennis to pickleball, tennis to pickleball. Uh, wh where did that come from you? Was it the education side where you doing some tennis teaching and then got into pickleball or, or how was it? So tennis um, has always been a part of my life. Um, so I coached 
at the community college after I graduated from St. Mary's um, locally for four or five years. Um, got married in there, um, started having kids and stopped coaching at the community college level. Um, and then a new high school opened up in, let's see, 2003. Um, and they needed a tennis coach. So I jumped on board and um, this will be my 20th season coaching high school tennis. Um, so yeah, my daughter's a senior, so get the last one out the door and then I'm yeah. done. I'm done with tennis. But but yeah, started with the foundation of tennis. And I actually started about nine and a half years ago. Um, and the way I got into it was completely random. Um, I was a state trooper for 25 years, um, had to retire because of a really bad car accident, got hit by a drunk driver. Um, so I had I had I got hit right in the driver door, had some shoulder surgery, really bad. Um, so but take me take you back nine years though. Um, I got into a like another another uh, police related uh, incident, car chase and some other stuff. And I ended up at a chiropractor's office and um, guys like the, the chiropractor's name is Josh Ellenberg and a great friend of mine. I just hit with him a little bit today. Um, but he's like, have you like, what, what sports do you play? You look athletic. I'm like, oh, I play tennis. He's like, you ever tried pickleball? And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like this, was, you know, you gotta, you gotta think back nine and a half years. This, yeah, this was, yeah, wow. Yeah, back. this was a while back. So, so yeah, so he, I would lay on the table, get my back rolled out, you know, and uh, and I'd be watching pickleball videos on his phone as I'm laying there. So I'd have his phone in my hand, and he introduced me to the game, and um, and he ended up being a five-zero pickleball player. So I learned from a really good foundation, um, and totally random and lucky um, that. He played, but he he did a lot of trips to Florida. His family was from Florida. So he'd been playing for 20 years. So yeah, so pickleball was a big part of his life. And then, and like I said, he kind of trained me to play the right way. And um, yeah, and and like I said, all the big hook that's going on with everybody right now. Um, I got hooked nine and a half years ago, and I had nobody to uh, you know, to tell my fun to. I'd come home and tell my kids, and they're like, Dad, what are you playing? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> Are you wasting your time? Um, this is stupid. It's not going anywhere. Pickleball's dumb. And, you know, so I got bashed in my own house about playing pickleball. Now they're all playing. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's done a big 360, but that's kind of how I got into the game. And then, um, yeah. And then I just started finding a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people to play with in the area. Um, yeah. So, Maryland, Maryland's become a hotbed with Ben and Colin. And yeah. So, Maryland DMV is a pretty good pickleball. Paul Olin, um, he's probably number one or number two in the senior pro and singles. So, we've got a lot of good players in this area. Um, it's pretty good. We're excited. Yeah. Paul actually came down and played in our last event, the Body Armor 804 Open, with a number of players oh, cool. from that area over the summer. So it was awesome to get to talk with him. Unfortunately, tweaked his knee right before that event, but uh, we didn't get the showdown in the finals that we were looking for in singles. But as yeah. you go back, you know, nine and a half years, it is a long time. And I'm sure it feels like an even longer time in terms of what you see now with pickleball in your wildest dreams, Eric. And again, Eric White is our guest from, from team Yola. Could you have imagined what it's become and beyond that, what do you see it still becoming? Because a lot of us that are relatively newbies to it compared to yourself, uh, that's really the big question. Where do we take it and, and how do we smartly continue to position it? 
Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I never I never really thought it was going to get this big. I, I thought it'd get a little bigger because I was like, I can't be the only person that's hooked into this game. Um, uh, but no, I I I think that. I kind of describe pickleball as more of a, not really a sport, but a movement right now. And talking to like, you know, I get to talk to a whole bunch of people um, that are starting businesses, starting pickleball businesses. And, and somebody brought it up really, you know, put it in real good perspective that, you know, like a top golf is going to make its money between four o'clock in the afternoon and midnight, right? Where pickleball is just, you have people that play before work, you have morning leagues, you have midday players, you have after work, you have people that get up before they go to work, and people that play till midnight. So like, it's more of a movement than it is really a sport. It's it's absolutely amazing what's going on. And I think the ceiling can, is still going to go higher. I don't think it's even plateaued. Um, I don't even know if it will plateau. It just seems like it's just on a you know, uh, <laughs> just a, a, a unbelievable ride to the top. And I don't know where the top is going to end and where it's going to, you know what I mean? I just don't know when it's going to stop, but it's really, really exciting ride though. And to be on with Yola um, and just, you know, watching us grow as a company is so exciting. It's so exciting. Um, just to, just to see like the growth. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, there's a story that I like to tell folks, and you probably don't even know that I tell this, but I don't even remember how I got your number in the first place, quite frankly, but somebody in Pickleball gave me your number back long before Performance Pickleball existed, and we were just running small charity tournaments, and I called your cell, and you picked it up, um, treated us like we were the most important event that you'd ever been a part of, and absolutely hooked us up with product for our mental health initiatives, and have been there every time I've called since. I guess the question that comes out of that as Yola has grown, you guys and gals have maintained that ability to make people feel as though you're accessible and you, that's because you are accessible. How have you done that? And how important is that as you know, you and the sport continue to grow simultaneously? I think, I think it starts again with, with the owner, like his passion for, for Yola and for the job definitely just bleeds into everybody. Um, especially me. Um, like I'm not going to be passionate about something I don't believe in. Um, I know how good our products are. So it's so exciting for me to go somewhere and talk about it. You know, um, whether it's at a clinic, at a demo, at a tournament, people are always coming up to me and, you know, asking me, you know, about paddles and this and that. And, you know, I've been there since day one. I've been there since the very first prototype. So to see where we started and where we are right now, it's just absolutely incredible where we're at um but yeah i hey i i like treating everybody and, and and i learned this from the police world um you can always go from being nice to mean but you can't ever go from being an asshole back to nice you can't you can't flip it. it doesn't work that way so so in the in the state trooper world you know you stop a car you're nice whether you're yelling at you or not and then if it gets to a point where I got to turn it on, I'm going to turn it on. Um, I can get pissed very fast, <laughs> but, but, you know, you got to have that, you know, you got to have that, that, that delay, but, but no, it, like you guys asking, we love giving back to the community, putting Yola in the community. We're super, super excited about 
you know, donating to tournaments and to causes. And yeah, we do it. We do it quite a bit. And every time I love when I get a, you know, a, a text or something showing the person that won something that's Yolen, they're so excited or the amount of money that, that it raised for the cause. So yeah, Yola is super excited. They give me a full green light and, you know, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to make everybody happy. Yeah. Especially the locals love it. Well, Eric, and again, Eric White's with us. Uh, he's become a friend very fast as uh, pickleball relationships have a, have a way of being. Uh, I wanted to have you on for a variety of reasons because you're such a great resource, but also because of your personality. And the third reason was is because we're, unbeknownst to you, making a couple of announcements as we're prone to do here on the stack. One of them that I wasn't even planning on announcing, you mentioned ping pong. Uh, we haven't let people know this. We are going to have ping pong at Performance Pickleball RBA, and it's going to be a Yola table and Yola paddles and all those good things. Yeah. But also, uh, we made I made our first purchase for our pro shop yesterday. Eric helped me through, you know, products and models and all those different things. And we'll have demos available for Scorpius and Perseus and Helios. I think I got that one right. Yeah, you got it. And everything got else. It. <laughs> uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have offer a wide range, but Yola really the overriding announcement is has been an awesome partner for us ever since we got into this. And we're really excited, Eric, to, to continue that and grow it um, as the sport continues to grow starting right here. We're, we're, we're super excited to take the ride with you, man. And, and like I said, anything you need, you know, you can always reach out to me. Once again, uh, I want to thank Eric White for coming on the show today. Uh, fantastic conversation. A lot more conversations to come with him. It seems like, especially surrounding that pickleball. Well, I love talking to Eric and Yola. There's definite reasons why they've become one of, if not the industry standard, and that's their energy as a company. And Eric uh, just embodies that. You know, Yola will definitely have a big presence in our facility. We did not go exclusive, as I explained earlier, with anybody because we want to give those options. But at the same time, uh, the companies that we feel are doing the same things that we would like to do, which is cater to the players, uh, take their feedback and offer those products and offer those services are the ones that we want to be partners with. And there's a reason that Eric was on the podcast. Yola is obviously one of those valued partners for us. No question about it. It's one of those names that you see in the pickleball world and just immediately associate it with top level. So uh, it makes sense that there, we are uh, getting involved with them at Performance Pickleball as well. You can get involved with us on social media. You can follow PPBRVA on Instagram, Performance Pickleball on Facebook, and also PPBRVA on YouTube. Uh, we do a great job and we'll continue to get even more involved with posts every day, every week, uh, that you can uh, know what's happening as it's happening, who's getting involved, and possibly how you can get involved. And speaking of that, there is a way for you to get involved with the show now. You do have to listen to the show on Spotify or at least go check it out on Spotify with the app. There are questions that you can answer and there are polls on the show notes each show. Joe's getting these polls going, whether it kills him. I'm going to do something to help <laughs> help get our our lovely fans. Uh, we actually have pretty good just numbers. Just fill out the poll. Yeah, just fill, <laughs> there's a poll and there's a question. One of them would be great. So we have a little bit more to talk about. Um, currently, again, just Spotify. Open it up on your phone. Check out uh, the stack today. Uh, even go back to the previous episode if you'd like. I'm probably going to just extend that question since... Uh, I just figured it out then and didn't let people know about it until now. Uh, but either way, 
Check it out. Uh, click on the actual show that you're listening to. This would be episode three. Uh, scroll down there to the bottom and uh, feel free to answer those uh, questions and uh, take part in the poll. And we will reveal the results on the show. And we will also hopefully have enough answers to call through and determine one that's good enough to uh, pull up here on the show. And uh, so stay tuned. Listen in. Uh, we might read your answer to one of our questions here on the stack but that will be something that we try next week on episode four we have plenty more updates to come and bring to you on the podcast so please be sure to subscribe and follow on whatever podcast platform you listen to the stack on until next time i'm joe he's john take it easy